Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless along with my co-host Mike Popper. We just finished watching Game 2 of the World Series, so we do not have Will tonight. It is past his bedtime. We'll be talking some Baseball World Series, some NBA, some NFL, and some of our other segments as always. Make sure you listen to this at 1.5 times speed. Hit it! All right, so we uh, we just finished watching Game Two of the World Series. As I said before, it was Very an exciting. awesome game. We will get to that a little bit later. Uh, we're gonna bring back the read option, and we're gonna start with you, Mike. You have a read for me. I do, and we're throwing it back to the SBS page. Um, this article is titled "The Most Important Club in the Bag," and it's about golf, specifically about Jordan Spieth and his, you know, awesome putting game. Um, basically, it goes into a little bit in depth about. Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, and Dustin Johnson, uh, they're pretty much the top three putters on the, in the league, and they've won a combined, uh, let me do the math here, 27 PGA Tour events since 2015. Is that a lot of events? How, many, lot how many events are there? Also, I mean, shout out to Alex Connor, who yeah, wrote Alex this. Connor is the, is the writer of this, but I don't know exactly how many, you know, probably one once a weekend from, you know, February-ish to, to August. So you got to think 27, is, it's a lot. It's a lot to win. And, you know, I'm, I like to think of myself as a golfer, um, and putting is the worst part of my game. Um, so I'd love to have, have their games there. But basically, uh, everybody can hit the ball on the PGA Tour. And, and everybody makes solid contact. Everybody can, you know, have the iron game. And the, biggest, the two biggest places you make up shots are driving and putting. Um, so I think Connor is trying to say that, you know, out of those two, putting is the more important. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Not a huge golf guy, but I mean, anyone who's played golf, uh, it, it looks so easy on TV. Right. You know it's hard. It still looks easy, though. And then you get out there, and uh, you get on the green, and you might be close, but close is that's the least of your concerns. you got to get the ball in the hole there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, the putting game, I'm not, you know, I props to him for tackling a topic that's a little bit probably undercovered in terms yeah. of sports analytics. So that's we, what I just wanted to bring up a, a, a read that, you know, a little, I like to bring up the, the smaller sports. Yeah. You know, I'm a boxing, golf kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but what do you got for me, Mike? I have to say, this is my read of the week. Alex Rodriguez, I'm an A-Rod guy. This this man, obviously... Uh, I'm not an A-Rod guy. He, he's had his, you know, his, his woes, so to speak. He's but a cheater. This is an article, uh, my read of the week. Uh, is an article on the Ringer, um, referenced Ringer articles a couple times, about how A-Rod has found redemption redemption on the best baseball show on the air. And it really just goes into his work as an on-TV analyst. And, I mean, as someone who's watched him covering the postseason um, for the last three years, he is the best analyst in sports, in any sport. He's unbelievable. I mean, has he taken steroids to be a good analyst? Does he have a, I bet he has somebody on in his ear. Well, he's got an ear. That but, that, that, that's just telling him what to say. The dude's a cheater, and he'll he'll never escape that from me. But from the little bit that I have listened to him, he's very you know knows what he's talking about, knowledgeable. Kind of brings the Tony Romo knowledge of the game into the booth, but is honestly maybe even a little more like communicative than, than Tony Romo is. Yeah, I think that's a great point. In this article, it really talks about just how much of a broadcasting pro A-Rod's become in such a short period of time. His ability, I mean, they have David Ortiz on there now. And just his ability, and Ortiz is a new a newcomer to broadcasting, but just his ability to kind of 
wrap everyone into the conversation and just explain things just very well that are kind of advanced topics that not everyone sees. And, you know, if you read this article, if you're interested in this, it just goes into his level of prep, uh, their production meetings, which are super interesting. Um, so if you're, if you're an A-Rod, you know, if you like what you've seen from him on TV, definitely give that a read because uh, he's been, you know, just simply awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's continue this baseball, you know, cram it all in the one section so we don't have to talk about it too much. Um, game one of the World Series happened. Game two of the World Series happened. I watched the last half of the game two of the World Series, and by God, that took forever. Yeah, so it's funny. My drop the mic for the week. Thanks for stealing my thunder, uh, Mike. But <laughs> so originally, um, game one of the World Series before you know when we planned this out, two hours and twenty eight minutes long. That is a lightning baseball game. I would have loved to watch that game tonight, and we could have done the podcast two hours earlier. Yeah, so lightning pace game. Um, I think all the runs last night were scored on the home run. I don't think there's any mid uh, inning pitching changes, and that is quite frankly a game length that I think the MLB probably loved to have. And then you kind of countered that with tonight, where you got you know the game was much longer, you know four and a half hours long, but it was a simply excellent game. It was a bar burner for sure. I, I mean, probably, an excellent game. Probably one of the more exciting baseball games that I've watched in a while. Um, but I, I, going back to, to the game one, I think that's going to be a, a, a game that the MLB highlights as a goal, um, as as like the, the the game they want, and it, it's good that it happened on the national stage. Um, that you know that they can point to a game taking two hours and thirty minutes and be like, we're making improvements. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. I don't know if it's necessarily the game that they want. The pace was obviously good. Pitch counts were low. Strikes were being thrown. But, I mean, the game that we just we just had, the game game two, I mean, it was an absolutely excellent game. I mean, if they could get that game, I don't think, you know, at least baseball fans don't care uh, if it's four and a half hours long. Obviously, the casual, the casual, fan the casual fans you might lose there. But, I mean, this World Series off to a fantastic start. Um, a lot of home runs. The weather's hot out there in LA, but uh, but no, it's those two games back to back. It's been a treat for baseball fans. Kind of reminiscent this game too uh, for those people that really like baseball of Game Six of the World Series in 2011. Just a lot of runs and comebacks. We didn't get the walk off tonight, but uh, it was just a really great game. So I'm excited to see what this series has for us uh, moving forward. Yeah, it, it just seemed the Astros played well in, in the clutch. You know, every time the Dodgers fought back, the Astros are right there in the top of the inning. Um, but, you know, just going to put it out there, since making my first ever baseball prediction on the podcast, I am 6-0. and oh. There you go. Yeah, now the Astros need to win three more in a row. Shout out to Houston. Uh, first World Series win in franchise history. They're now 1-5 in the World Series. All Who right, Houston. Yeah, Mike, drop the mic on us. So, um, if you've been following the basketball, you, you have heard about Markel Fultz's erroneous Shooting motion. Atrocious. And um, Him or Lonzo, which one's more, as you would say, erroneous? You know, I would say Marco Fultz just because of the, the where he was and where he is now. He had a smooth jumper, and now all of a sudden it is a double hitch. He's, he's double clutching on wide open shots. But it, it this drop the mic is about the Sixers medical staff as a whole. They are just an abomination to, to doctors and medical staffs around the league. Um... They bungled the Joel Embiid situation on multiple occasions. The foot injury in year one, the knee injury in year two. Now they they get another number one overall pick. Ben Simmons doesn't play for a year. Now Malkel Fultz is out, but they're playing him when he's injured. Yeah, that that's baffling. I mean, his his free throw jump shot it, it kind of looked like 
someone who's never played basketball before, right. but getting like a hard course in mechanics <laughs> and just trying to like robotically go through go through the motions and figure it out. Uh, that was ugly. But no, I mean, this is a really curious decision. I think some of the other ones, I don't know how much you can really pinpoint on the medical staff for that, but... Um, well, the, the, the Joel Embiid thing I'm talking about is when they misdiagnosed him with a torn MCL or a ligament tear in his knee. They, they let it go a, a month without diagnosing it. But I think that DeMarco Fultz, it just doesn't make sense. You're not trying to win now. No. Why are you trying to, why are you playing him when he's, you know, when somebody said he, his agent said he can barely lift his shoulder above a certain height. That sounds like he should be sitting on the bench and getting better. Yeah, I mean, and obviously the Sixers have not been strangers to red-shirting their number one overall picks. Exactly. I mean, that's um, the formula that they have. Or at least Embiid at number three overall. But their top picks, they have not been scared to, to sit them out. So it's kind of a curious decision. Maybe they thought, you know, this year we're in play for, you know, six to eight seed if things go right. They're one and four, I think, to start the season. Um, Lost a, a buzzer beater today yeah, by Eric he, Gordon they, against Houston. No Markel Fultz though, so maybe 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 that's the difference. That probably helped out a little bit. All right, that's we're process. We're gonna transition, uh, Actually, keep things moving. We're gonna just continue on with a little early NBA season reaction. Um, Mike, you have anything that's standing out to you from you know the first week or so of action? Um, you know it's it's hard to to take away a lot. Um, but the Cavs have a couple of worrying losses in the first couple games. Um, and LeBron is playing well as always, but I don't know if the, the bench is there yet. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of the games, but pretty much it's, it's the same story as, as it's been for the past two or three years. LeBron goes off the court and they can't function. Yeah. Well now D Wade just got moved to the bench. You know, the curious thing about LeBron and obviously he's an all time player, but you, you worry, about his style of play a little bit, you know, if you were to contrast it to the Warriors where it's a very team style, um, his style of play is much more, you know, when I'm on the court, everything runs through me and we're going to win because of me. And then maybe when he comes off the court, it kind of disables his teammates from performing. I know that was definitely a theory um, of, you know, why the Cavs were so bad last year when he wasn't on the court, even with a Kyrie and Kevin Love out there. Um, but I think, honestly, it's hard to judge Cleveland in their current state. I don't think they're a team that's really pushing to get the one seed. Right. They really don't care that much. Isaiah Thomas, obviously, um, on the sideline for several months uh, before he comes back. So, you know, I, I would not be th- sounding the alarm bells uh, for the Cavs. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying sounding the alarm bells. I'm saying, you know, hopefully the bench starts to perform because that's that was their weak point in the in the world in the um I got World Series on my mind in the NBA championship last year was you know. They had Darren Williams coming off the bench, and he wasn't doing anything. And so, I don't know. What, what have you seen so far? I think there's there's one guy who's really, and this is no surprise to NBA fans, but one guy who's really caught my eye and most people around the league. A lot of people expected him to uh, take the leap going into this year. Uh, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak in Milwaukee. I mean, has he launched himself into the number yes. one MVP, like the front, him and Carson Wentz mirroring each other as the MVP front runners in their respective leagues. No, no. you're not biting but, on that. But no, I, I, I am biting on, on the, the, the Giannis Antetokounmpo hype. The dude is just, uh, he's got everything besides the three point shot, but he's showing he doesn't need it. Um, he's taking just, just, he's bulked up a little bit. So he's, he's backing people down. He's getting the shots he wants at the, at the rim and he's, 
clutch. You he's know? a playmaker, too. And, he, and he's, he's everything you want. What was the game they had where he got was, a steal? It was against and... Portland. He was, like, it was the, he was the only person in NBA history in, like, or maybe in a, in a couple, like, in 30 years or something, to have a, a block, a steal, and a game-winning shot in the last 30 seconds of a game. That's that's Giannis. That's Giannis. I mean, he's been un, unreal this year. That's kind of been one of my my main takeaways as we kind of survey around the league. Um, team that, you know, I kind of think with the, the Gordon Hayward injury, and, you know, you never know with the Cavs, kind of they tend to seed that one seed. Um, the Wizards, they're uh, – they're playing pretty well. What do you, have you seen anything from them? We were watching the game earlier. I mean, we were watching a little bit. Bradley Beal looks good. Uh, I, I I was hoping that he would take you know another step to he's, be to he's be an all star. He's an all star, and it looks like he's made that jump. Um, I'm still worried about the bench because I mean that was again. It's it seems like it's it's always a problem in the East. But the bench was was really the, the Wizards' downfall. I I didn't watch as many games as you did last year, but I I, I think you would agree. Yeah, they've they've not solved that. Um, and they, that was their problem last year. But I think I mentioned this earlier, is that you get to the postseason, and like you need the bench, but also you can roll with like a 6-7 man rotation for the majority of the game and kind of get away with it. Um, and as you get later on, it might sting you. But that's just kind of a team that I think you can keep an eye on. They're off to a good start. Maybe they push ahead um, early in the season by a couple games over Cleveland and Boston and Toronto and Milwaukee and all these other you know, may, you know know pseudo-contenders, so to speak, um, and get that one seed and get home court advantage. Um, so we, we already talked about one crazy story, you know, with, with the Mark Elfold shoulder injury. What about the, the Suns debacle in mm. Eric Bledsoe? Garbage. Garbage. Garbage, garbage on, team. On, 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 on all sides, you would say. Garbage management. Yeah, I mean, they fired Earl Watson three games into the season. I mean, I, mean I, I wonder if that was brewing from last season. It had to have been. And they were giving him a short leash and... and Cause so I was I was reading a little bit about it. It, it, it last season it was the rookies that were in putting in the effort. This season it was Eric Bledsoe and Tyson Chandler. So they kind of didn't. And, and Earl Watson preaches the the Greg Popovich kind of life is bigger than basketball, but he doesn't back it with a system, whereas Popovich backs it with a basketball system. So I don't think those older guys bought into that very much. And Eric Bledsoe is just I mean they 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 shut him down last year to tank. The Suns organization is a mess. Yeah, it's. I mean, their their string of games this year has been kind of a joke. I think they lost to Portland the first night by like 40, 50 points. Come home, lose to the Lakers, um, which is sad. The Lakers look awful, um, as cool as Lonzo Ball is. And then their next game, they go to the Clippers and they lose that one by like 30, 40 points again. Mm-hmm. And now, and now it's just like you know, now they're just sitting things out. They they're just atrocious. So you know what I heard is is Eric Bledsoe is a, is. Maybe going to the Bucks. The Bucks, yeah. How about that? We talked about Giannis with the Bucks, and then also our guy on the Bucks, Malcolm. Malcolm Brogdon was a little banged up. Hopefully, but... they wouldn't give him up to get to get Bledsoe. I don't think that'll be. No, I don't think Bledsoe's worth anything. It's kind of like the uh, you know he's the held hot like they the Suns have no leverage. The GM already said he's not playing for us again. So yeah, I mean the the, the only thing is is that they've I mean I think they've been shopping him for a while. So I don't know how much you know him publicly saying he wants out will change things but you know it's never a good sign to, to take somebody and, and what are you gonna say like the the gm's come out and bashing this guy well like yeah he sucks he's a terrible leader but here you go give me a, a lottery pick for him because you know yeah. he's gonna he'll be good on your team don't yeah. worry that could have been cleveland I mean, Kyrie, been cleveland, yeah. like jo- Kyrie, uh, josh jackson and blood so it's kind of amazing here looking at their schedules they've actually won their last two games yeah they beat I mean, the kings and they beat the jazz um who would have thought i mean 
I mean, I, I'm not surprised they beat the Kings. Yeah, the Kings. <laughs> I just the NBA man. They have all these teams. They have some really bad teams in the NBA, man. Yeah. Um. All right. I think we're gonna do a little bit more of an extended NFL preview. We we talked the World Series. We talked some basketball. Um. NFL. You know, the steady hand, so to speak. So we're gonna transition there. Um. Week seven in the books. So we're through almost halfway through the season. We're getting there. You know, at this point, um, my season starts. In you know in April mid March when I'm when when the uh, free agency when free agency starts and and I start looking at the prospects you know who am I gonna grab at the number three pick we'll see take one Barkley maybe but um for you you're, you're riding high and yeah. and as, oh, as, as flying, you should be flying high riding if high I were, as you should be if I was a Cowboys fan I'd be riding high but I'm flying high but I I mean you're riding high so what <laughs> what caught your eye from from week seven pretty good week. What caught my eye from week seven? How about the Rams offense? That game in London, man, that was it 20, 37 0? I don't remember. 33 0, maybe? Yeah, the Cardinals are. They're garbage. They're. Yeah. Especially without Carson Palmer. That's that's rough. Yeah, but the Rams look like a real team. I think I think the Rams are gonna are gonna make the playoffs. I think that they could steal a game or two. Yeah, I mean they who knows? They may even get home field if, you know, they can somehow get the Seahawks up. But I think that NFC, you can we can kind of banter about this. I think the NFC might have their six playoff teams. Um, if you want to oh, hear okay. me out. So, so you're gonna go Rams? Well, I mean we can go in order. So, oh, go in, okay, so, so the so Eagles your team, yeah, the Eagles. The Seahawks as yep. your number two. Um Vikings at three Vikings Saints at three four. Right. And then I like the Rams as five and Dallas at six. Dallas I think six. that's your I think that's your six. I, Carolina, Carolina might sneak um, in. Atlanta could push for that spot, right. and maybe Washington, and maybe Detroit. I but you're counting the Packers out completely. I I don't. I mean, I watched the game against the Saints, and Brad Hundley doesn't have it. You know who's you know who might come back? He's in the booth right now. Tony. Tony Ruffin. Ah, it's too late. Too little. Too late. They really Kaepernick would be no, the Kaepernick, one. No Kaepernick, but 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 I, I I would agree with you that there's a that's like a six. running six there. Um, and that's the beautiful thing, though. If you're an Eagles fan, uh, which I conveniently am, wow. um, which of those, you know, I mentioned the Vikings and the Saints as the 3-4. I mean, which of those teams is going to overtake the Eagles? I mean, I, I mean the schedule you guys have, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you got the bye. Um, I don't see, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm buying into the Saints yet. So who do you like though? The Panthers who just lost seventeen three. No, the I, think I, the I, think I, I think the Falcons bounce back. So what if the Falcons lose at the Jets this week? Well, then they, then I then I will come. I, the Falcons the have lost bad. They've week. lost three three games in a row, and we've talked about this. Three games in a row, all the AFC East teams. Two of those games were at home, and even two of the three games they did win at Chicago Week One and at Detroit um, in Week Three. I mean, they were right on the brink of losing those games. I mean, this could be this could have been a disaster. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't know if that. At some point, it, it, they're a good team that's that's winning close games. I don't know if I say that they're on the brink. I mean, they are. I mean, because a play here, a play there, away from you could say that about a lot of teams. No, no, and we mentioned this last week that you could say that about them being, you know, five and one or whatever. Right. But, but I mean, to me, it's just kind of startling, and I, it, it's pretty clear that if you watch. Um, if you've watched them recently, that this is not the same team that no, was I think, burning I think through. You know, up in their first two and a half or two and three quarters playoff games, they won against Seattle at home and then Green Bay at home and then the first three quarters of the Super Bowl. That team is nowhere to be found. 
I think the Kyle Shanahan departure really hurt them. It's huge. Uh, Sarkeesian, this dude runs a jet sweep on fourth and one. At the goal line. On the goal line. No. He runs a jet sweep. It's, I, That's that, unheard of. But so to me, you're looking at the Falcons and they're, you know, they have three losses already. I mean, I think it's two, they're game and a half behind, they're two and a half games behind the Eagles. Like, that's a lot of ground to make up for a team that, quite frankly, is not looking elite. Right. I, and I, Carolina, I, we have the tie break on, and they're they're not an elite team. I, I mean, even, even with the Eagles being at home, I don't know if I would say that, you know, I think I still would take the Seahawks to to advance to that to the, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, and I, I well, here's here's the important thing is you look at I don't know the exact week. It's sometime after the Eagles buy in in November, maybe early December. Let me, um, let me find that while you're yeah, it, the Eagles play the Seahawks. It's in Seattle. That game very well could be determining who who ends up getting home field in the NFC. Um. Yeah. I mean, well, because when you think about that, um, that game right there. Is going to be an interesting one, uh, because if the if the Seahawks go into that, I don't know what their schedule is. What are they right now? Four and three? No, they're five and or four and two. They've had their they're buy. four and two. They've had their bye. right? So I mean, you guys both went out. That game right there probably decides the one seed. Well, I mean, the Eagles and the, I don't think either team is winning out. I mean, the Eagles. Well, I don't, I don't know what I I couldn't find what what week the actual game is in. It's but in I mean, it's in December early. Oh, December. it's in okay. I thought it was in November. Yeah, it's early December. Okay. Um, right, but so I mean, you gotta feel you gotta feel pretty good right now. How how, how long has it been since you've been in, in this position? Well, I'm you know that uh, hopefully like just optimistic Eagles fan as November always. 30th. December thirtieth, uh, December, 30th. That's when that game is. But I I mean I felt good about the Eagles back in the Chip Kelly days. I thought there was something about him that gave us an edge that no one else had. Um, and for a little bit there, I think I was right, and then it it just all kind of crumbled because he was stubborn. Um, but I think right now, you know, the amazing thing being an Eagles fan is just um, that guy we have at quarterback. I mean, I know you made fun of me for saying he was top five, and I said, ah, I don't really think he's top five. I think he's right now top 15 with top five potential. And I mean, dare I say, I, I mean, he's been top five so far this year. I'm not saying he is playing well. I mean, I'm not saying he's the the fifth. I mean, the quarterback tier, I mean, I was having this conversation earlier is, it's a clear one, two, three of and Rogers is hurt, but Brady, Rogers, Breeze, and then I think you could argue for like a whole bunch of guys in that four or five range. My four or five for this year is Carson and Dak, and I think that that's ahead of your Matt Ryan's and your Matt Stafford's and your yeah. Alex Smith's. I mean, none Andrew Luck's really, on the shelf. None of them are really playing well, um, and and I'm not going to deny that he's having a, a pretty dang good season. Um, I just I'm hesitant to put second year quarterbacks that high just because. You know, it's not. It's still a pretty small sample size, um, and that's that's you know my reason for picking you know some of the older you know your Matt Ryan's your your Matt Matthew Stafford's and and taking them over a Carson Wentz. But that doesn't mean that I don't think you know two or three years down the line he he could very well be a top three quarterback. He's got everything you want. He's got the mobility. He's got the size. He's got the arm strength, and and he's not turning the ball over nearly as much as he was last year, which is what you want to see out of a second-year quarterback. He's, he's making the jump that you want that needs to happen between first year and second year, and that's that's a good sign. I mean, he's he's absolutely incredible. I mean, I watch the games. I mean, he hits – you know, they got off to that horrendous start, but then he just kind of hits Matt Collins on the deep ball, and then you go through the game, the touchdown pass to Corey Clement. He also dropped a dime to Zach Ertz in the two-minute drill. And then, of course, the – the, the play that won them the game was that like second play of the fourth quarter, third down and eight. 
You know, he's he's just surrounded by eight guys, and he just is the one guy who pops out of there for a 15. I mean, that he just has the in like just the wow plays that just no one. I mean, you just can't make that up. He's he's been incredible. Um, yeah. Love Carson Wentz, and he's also he's he's that guy. Like he's just such a good dude. He's such a great leader. Um, he's got everything that you could ask for in a quarterback, and he's playing that way too. It's awesome to be an Eagles fan right now. I mean, I, you're I, jealous. I, I'm not jealous because I, I experienced it. So, um, well, Eli, see, that's the thing is, you guys won the two Super Bowls, but Eli, I, I mean, Carson Wentz. I don't think Eli has ever played like a full season. Like I, I don't remember like, Eli as well. Carson Wentz. But no, I know. But but games. here's the thing: is like, has Eli ever even been in an MVP conversation besides Super Bowl MVP? I mean, Carson Wentz right I, now is the MVP right, of the season. But, but he the, leads the league in touchdowns. Weeks. I don't. I mean, if I went but, like, back seven Eli, weeks ago, Eli ever, seven weeks of the 2011 has Eli Super ever? Bowl, but here's he the thing: has Eli ever been an MVP for seven weeks? Like over a seven week span? I could. I bet you, I could find a seven week span where Eli Manning was an MVP. Might will, be hard to do. I will do the research and I will find. Yeah, we'll you get back get start. back to us next week. I, I mean, think that's but, hard to believe. But uh, I can find you a, a four or five week span. But we got and, seven and Car. I mean, he's I, mean I can find you a four or five week span that ended in what you're trying to win. So fair, fair. But I'm just saying, like, it, it's really it's been a, right, this, it's a this great. This is field. besides the point. Yeah, uh, I, let's so, transition to the AFC. Um, you know. My team in the AFC, I've always said, is, they is the Titans, and they just look like poop. They, they stink. look like poop. They're not very good. I I was hesitant on them. Um, I don't think I was ever as much on the band. I think I had them in the playoffs. Let's see. I, I think you did, yeah. I did, yeah. It, um, I actually had them winning the division. But they Mariota's a little banged up, but they just really don't look good. Pretty uninspiring from them. The team that I like in the AFC, that's not the Patriots, obviously, because I think by the time we get to the end of the season, the Patriots are going to be um, – you know, the favorite without any shadow of a doubt. I like the Steelers. I mean, that's not like a huge contrarian like thing to say, but the way that they've played going to Kansas City, winning that game, um, handling the Bengals pretty easily at home, um, they look pretty good. And then the other team I like kind of as a dark horse, I cast them off, um, it was three weeks ago, the Chargers. Chargers play at New England this Sunday. That's a pretty that's a, big that's game. a pretty cool game. Like I think that'll be a pretty like fun game to watch. Um if they win that game they're up to four and four. The Chiefs have dropped a couple games in a row now. I, I think things could get interesting in that division. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's kind of regressing towards you know the the mean you know cluster that is that the AFC West. It's traditionally been a very competitive eight, eight, and eight, eight, and eight nine, ten, and seven, ten, and six, ten yeah. and six is winning the division. Um, you know, the Chargers, their defense has stepped up a little bit. Um, they got great defensive they, play. They got, I mean, so we, the problem was is that. Their run defense was just so atrocious. Yeah, the Eagles and, tore them up. I mean, the Giants almost ran for 100 yards against them. Almost. I don't know if they did, but it was close. The defense is stepping up, and, you know, Philip. I don't I, I don't know much about their offense, but it, I think they're transitioning more into a run first with Melvin. Ing- with, uh, yeah, he, Melvin he's Ingram. been up and down. I, I mean, I think their offense, or beginning of the season, Philip Rivers was killing them, just making terrible decisions. Yeah. I think they've just kind of settled in, staple. and they've the last couple of weeks they've kind of done the anti-Chargers thing, and they've won games oh, that are close. I mean, besides this, well, week, this week they, they blew, blew out Denver, they blew but out Denver, but, but yeah. like they, the Oakland game I think was pretty close. Um, um, the Giants game was close, so they're uh, you know the Chargers are kind of an interesting AFC team. Um, I don't know about any of the other AFC teams. The Dolphins are the Bills. The Bills, okay. The Bills. See, it's just I'm not inspired by them. I maybe they'll. Beat uh, New England. They got they, they got two games left with New England. 
Um, what are they right now? Four and two. Four they and two. Bye. They've had their bye. They've beaten the Falcons. They've, They've beaten, beaten the, the Falcons, Bucks, the Bucks, Broncos, the Broncos, and the Jets. Decently, yeah. The Jets. Four, four decent wins right yeah, there. Four, I can't believe I'm are, saying it. The Jets are a decent The Jets win. are playing everyone tough. But this this week is going to be a good, is going to be a, an interesting test. The Raiders coming in. I like Buffalo um, at home this week. I don't have them picked, but I like Buffalo at home as well. I, Buffalo at home, Oakland too. We can talk about them as we transition. But save their season on Thursday night. I mean, I, oh, that yeah. game was a full week ago I, now. I mean, but that game was. Did you watch? You watched yeah, it? I watched, that yeah. was ridiculous. I mean, Derek Carr. I, I, I've had my gripes with Derek Carr, but uh, that was the Derek Carr that just about everyone who's a Derek Carr fan points to that and right. says, this is the guy that, that I believe in. And that, you know, he was great down the stretch. They had like four tries at that last play, and they finally connected um, at, with zero time on the clock. About your, your your boy, Tony Romo, calling a blatant push-off by Michael Crabtree. Uh, you I know, mean, I, just, just the game. Yeah. He said, he said, let it play, refs. Yeah. I said, Tony, no. <laughs> Tony Rowe, no. Uh, but yeah, that that's kind of an interesting team. That AFC West as a whole, the AFC is such an uninspiring division uh, really conference is. compared to the NFC. It's been that way for a long time because of the dominance of Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger. Uh, Flacco snuck in there for a year, which in retrospect is just the most shocking thing imaginable that Joe Flacco, you know, has had success against Tom Brady and Foxborough. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> defense helped a lot. But it's just kind of an uninspiring conference. Like, Houston would be, like, a very exciting team, but they don't have J.J. Watt for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their other defensive Whitney liners, Merciless. Merciless, is out for the year. And they're 3-3 three and three because they lost to Jacksonville at home in Week 1, and they and now they play at Seattle this week. And if they lose that game, you're looking at they need to go win, you know, six of their last nine games at a minimum to make the playoffs. And I don't know who's exciting in the AFC besides... Besides them, the Steelers, Chiefs, but even those teams don't get you riled up. There's no real, you know, rallying team in the end. That's why I wanted the Titans to be good. Yeah, no, they, they would have been that I, team. They would have been that team, but unfortunately, you know, we talked about it, but they aren't stepping into those shoes. Um, I mean, so looking ahead to week to week eight now, right? Yeah, wow, that's flying by. That'll be the halfway point for all the teams that have not had a buy yet. So the Eagles included in that. What what, what game is standing out to you or, or matchup you want to see? I'm really excited for. We talked about the Bills game and the Patriots Chargers game. Mm. I'm really excited for the four o'clock slate. So there's a game at four o five, and there's a game at four thirty. Um, four o five game is Houston at Seattle. I think that could be an interesting game. Um, Seattle has blowout potential there, but if not, yeah. I think Houston um, maybe could sneak one out. Who knows? Um, and then really excited by Dallas at Washington at 425 on Fox. Game of the week. It's a, it's a big game for the NFC East again to try and – or just the NFC in general. So that's that's, that's going to help the side well, here's, of the wild card. Well, here's the like. thing. Right, so Dallas, who – and I think we can talk about Dallas here for a second. I think Dallas – is very much so in the Super Bowl conversation. I mean, a lot of teams are. A lot of teams are, um, you know, because it's so early. But that's a team where you watch them play. And, you know, they go into San Francisco last week um, coming off their bye, and they just obliterate them. Dallas is just a team to me that really sticks out as one that that can just – they can get hot. They won, what, like 13 games in a row last year. Um, Until they lost to the Giants. Yeah. Something about Dallas is – Really, I just, just I think they're a really good football team. They need to win this week because if they don't win, they're they drop to three and four overall yeah. with um couple that'd be their third loss in conference, right? Unfortunately, our stats guy isn't here today, but yeah, I, I think I think it would be three three in house, three um, in conference. Yeah. yeah, one in this would be their first division loss. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just don't know. I've always said it about the Cowboys is, you know, defense. And, and you got to have a serviceable defense to win the Super Bowl. I mean, look at what the Broncos happened in, in 2014 it was, right? You know, they had the best offense in arguably history of the NFL. And they blown got blown out, out 43-8. In the end of the day, the defense is what's going to hold you, keep you in games. And it's going to stop the other team. And I don't think they have a defense that could do that right now. And that's going to show against the better teams that have offenses that, you know, that can take advantage of that. And it's, it's, it's they'll, like you said, you were talking about this earlier, they'll blow out bad teams just because they'll be able to ground and pound and run their game. But if they get behind, you know, it's, it's a problem. Yeah, I, I do think teams, and we saw the Rams rack up a bunch of points on them, um, in particular in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, uh, that was their other loss. But I, there's something about Dallas, man. I, I for whatever reason, I, I think Dak's really good. I don't think Zeke's going to end up getting suspended for this year. Um, I think they're they're just going to be – they're really hard to stop. Um, and that defense will be a liability, but they're a team that, you know, is, as good as the Eagles have been at 6-1 and one and should be, you know, at least 7-2 and two going into the, the bye week, um, if not 8-1, and one, I'm still not feeling comfortable about the division if Dallas is keep, keeps on winning. I mean, that's valid. Um... I know, kind of looking ahead to, to Sunday night, that, that Lions-Steelers game. Doesn't but, excite me. No. No. Well, not I mean, we were talking about them as two, they're two, we think they're two playoff contenders. Yeah, but these are two playoff contenders I don't have interest in. I, for Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I just don't, and even the Monday night game, Denver and Kansas City, should be a good game, but just not the most exciting um, football. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm an NFC guy. Something about the Steelers-Lions just does not seem like a Sunday night matchup. I don't know. That's uh, a weird one. Like, if you're thinking about the... Oh, seven lines, maybe. <laughs> the, or, oh, eight. Sorry. Yeah, they get lines. Um, but so, all right, let's let's do a little all two sixty seven recap here. Yeah. Well, um, both went eight and six. Both went eight and six. So I still maintain ahead. the four game lead. We'll have to check in at some point and look at people that pick games week by week and see if we're like if we're better, if than we're them. better or like even because that'd be that'd be bad. Yeah, if they're picking, like if they're by, picking week they, by week, they have the Aaron Rodgers knowledge, like, like the injury yeah, like, down, all that. <laughs> All that stuff. That would be really bad. I would be embarrassed if I were Yeah, that. Yeah, so we, uh, we'll we do a, a quick recap like we did at the end of week four after next week. Because right, that'll be the end of week eight. A little recap. halfway. Um, we both were kind of looking over this. And we have some differing games. Um, but nothing stood out as like an egregious pick. Yeah, I mean. You Even know, your egregious pick from last week, Atlanta. I, I agree. <laughs> the Bears beat the Panthers. But yeah, I you know, I'm usually good for one of these a week. Um I just kind of get bored when I'm picking or when I picked and, you know, throw, throw a little zest into there. You yeah, know? you Maybe. do have the Bears at the Saints, but that's who you had last week against I'm, Carol- I'm sticking with the Bears. Bears. Do you hate it? I no, mean, I don't hate, I don't it. hate it. I don't hate that pick. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, just looking up and down yours, you know, you're kind of a, a bland kind of guy, so I see a lot of favorites on yours. It's not and, favorite. I mean, I picked um, Buffalo at home against the Raiders. That was I mean, you that, were, that, that's, that's that was bold. That was, that was pretty good at at the time, it was pretty good, I guess. Yeah, now um, it looks good. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a game. It's a week where, you know, where I don't see any upsets, like any huge upsets, because there's not really any. This is huge this is the week upsets. where we both drop like ten games. <laughs> you know, because we're both confident. Well, yeah, it's just happens. that's the NFL for you. I mean, they're close, but but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of those where you feel good every every game you pick. You'd probably like, for mine, I don't know how many of these I would switch, um, but. But I can still see myself dropping like half at least. You know, I'm gonna predict a ten a ten win week for me. That'd be pretty good. I don't know. If... Book it. The guru okay. has spoken. Okay, there you go. All right, that'll do it for us this week.
Um, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> We're not going to go with the, uh, the post hog. See ya.